following is a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more information on Shore, for our teaching resources, visit www.shore.org.nz. This morning we're starting a new teaching series in the book of Acts, and I think this is going to be a good series for us as a church. Acts tells the story of the first three decades after the life of Jesus. It's a fascinating time in history uh, and a time that's got a number of parallels with the time that we're living in today. Uh, this was a time when the people of God found themselves in a situation of unprecedented change, uh, a time when the old maps that they were using to make sense of life and, and figure out the world around them were no longer working and they needed to develop some new maps under the guidance of God for, for these new times they were living in. Uh, and in the same way, here we are today. Uh, the old maps that we've been using to try and make sense of life, to try and make sense of church, uh, they no longer seem to be as, as relevant or as valid in this COVID-19 world that we're living in. Uh, and so we are needing to develop new roadmaps for the territory that we find ourselves in now. Uh, and this is where I think the book of Acts is going to be helpful for us, both at an individual level uh, in helping us navigate some of the uncertainties and some of the complexities of life that we're experiencing at the moment, uh, and also as a church community, uh, as we look for the new things that God is doing in this time, the new ways in which the Spirit of God is working, the new opportunities that God is opening up to us, uh, and we seek to follow Him in that. So this morning, we're going to start in Acts chapter 1. Uh, you've heard part of this passage just read out to you. And uh, we're looking this morning at the story in Acts chapter 1, which is an event that takes place after Jesus has been raised from the dead. So uh, Jesus has lived, he's died, he's been resurrected, and then 40 days after he's raised from the dead, we have this event in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus appears to his disciples, and he has a conversation with them, he gives them some final instructions, and then he is taken up to heaven before their eyes. He's taken from earth to heaven, uh, and this cloud hides him from their sight, and Jesus returns to the presence of God the Father. Now that event is what we call the ascension, the ascension of Jesus. And I think for most Christians, that event is really not that important at all in their faith. For most of us, this just tends to be a, a footnote in our faith. The, the big events that we think have real significance are the birth of Jesus, Christmas time, that one's important. Uh, the death of Jesus, we celebrate on Good Friday, we, that's important. Uh, Easter Sunday, the resurrection of Jesus, that's really important. Uh, but we get to this event, the ascension, and it just doesn't seem to kind of have the same importance. I mean, this is, okay, Jesus went from earth to heaven, but who cares? You know, let's, let's move on. And we focus on these other, we think, more significant events instead. But in fact, the ascension has had a huge importance in the history of the church. The Feast of the Ascension uh, traditionally has been one of the major feasts and festivals in the Christian calendar, right up there with Christmas and Easter. The Ascension was considered to be equally important to those events of Jesus' birth and death and resurrection. Uh, and in the Apostles' Creed that you heard spoken this morning, uh, one of the lines in that creed is, He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. So the church fathers felt like the ascension was an important enough doctrine to place in that creed as, as a statement of the core beliefs of the Christian faith. So they obviously considered this extremely important. So I want to suggest that the doctrine of the ascension 
is far more important and significant than we've often recognized and it has far more relevance and significance for our personal lives than we've often realized and i want to talk this morning about three ways in which the ascension of jesus is important and these are three ways in which this doctrine of the ascension continues to have ongoing impact and significance for our lives and our church today. So let's look at these three things together. In the first instance, the ascension means that Jesus is king. The ascension means that Jesus is king. Now have a look in verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight, hid him from their sight. So this cloud that Jesus was taken up to heaven in, it, it's no ordinary cloud. Um, the Bible doesn't mention things for no reason. This has significance. And the idea of Jesus being taken up to heaven in this cloud would have reminded his disciples of a passage in the Old Testament, a passage in Daniel chapter 7. Now in Daniel 7, we have this vision of this, this figure called the Son of Man. And by the way, that's one of the names that Jesus gave to himself, the Son of Man, so we know we're on the right track with that. The Son of Man, and the Son of Man rides on the clouds. He rides on the clouds of heaven, and he comes into the presence of the Father, God the Father. Comes into the presence of the Ancient of Days. And as he's received into the presence of God, the Son of Man receives from God all power, all dominion, all authority over all things. He receives this incredible amount of authority over heaven and earth. And so now, as the disciples are seeing Jesus raised from, from earth to heaven on a cloud, their minds would have immediately gone back to Daniel 7. And they would have been thinking, this is that vision Daniel spoke of, now fulfilled in Jesus. Now the Son of Man is coming on the clouds. And of course, the part they didn't see is when Jesus came on the clouds into the very presence of God the Father, was received into the presence of God. And just as Daniel said, Jesus receives all power. He received all dominion and all authority over all things. So through his ascension, Jesus is enthroned in heaven and he's crowned as king and he's given authority over heaven and earth. Now, it's not always easy to see Jesus as king today. Let's just be honest. It's not, we look around our world today, it's not always easy to see Jesus reigning and ruling as king. Uh, sometimes the world looks pretty chaotic as it does now with this global pandemic sweeping the world. It's interesting that the family of viruses that COVID-19 comes from is the coronavirus. And that name, of course, comes from the word corona, the Latin word corona, which means crown. And that was given because of the crown shape of the virus. Uh, but it's also maybe an appropriate word to describe the power that this virus has had in the world. I mean, it's amazing to think this little virus that you can only see under a microscope uh, has had a tremendous power over the last few months around the world. The power to bring the global economy almost to a standstill. Uh, the power to close national borders. The power to close businesses. The power to keep us in our homes. The power to, to have massive social and political and economic and educational repercussions that are going on and on and on. There's a tremendous amount of power this virus has had in our world. But this is a time when we need to remember that there is another crown. There is another corona, and I don't mean the beer. There is another crown, and this crown is worn by the true King of Heaven, Jesus, who sits enthroned at the right hand of the Father. He is the true King. 
He is the one who wears the true crown and has true authority over all things. So even though we look in our world and we see uncertainty and we see anxiety and we see instability, nothing that is happening in our world has usurped the role of Jesus as king. Nothing that is going on in our world right now has unseated Jesus as king and lord of all. Somehow everything that's happening, and we don't fully understand how, but somehow everything that's going on in our world is still held together within the loving reign of Jesus as our king. And that doesn't mean that Jesus has caused everything that's happening in the world. It doesn't mean that Jesus has caused this pandemic, that he's orchestrated it. Uh, COVID-19 is, is just simply a natural evil. It's just part of the brokenness and the sinfulness and the fallenness of this world that we inhabit, that, that God allows to continue for a limited time. But we know that through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, he has been crowned Lord of all and he's broken the power of evil. He's broken the ultimate authority of evil. He's triumphed over darkness and he reigns as Lord and King and he will continue to reign, the Bible says, until all of his enemies are placed under his feet. Until one day when Jesus returns and all of his enemies are, are, are finally placed under the feet of Jesus, all sickness, all death, all plague, all darkness, all evil, all done done away with, all eradicated and placed under the feet of Jesus. That's the day that we're still looking forward to. But even until then, we know that Jesus right now is reigning and is ruling over our world. He's got his hand on our world. He's got his hand on our lives. He's got his hand on your family. He's got his hand on our future. And he's got his hand on history. Jesus is the true king who wears the true crown. And he's not a king who exists in some far-off realm and, and stays detached and indifferent to our sufferings. Remember, the crown that Jesus wore while he walked this earth was the crown of thorns. That's the crown that Jesus wears. He entered into this world with us. Jesus, through his, through his life and his death, he entered into our suffering. So he now reigns as this king who shares in the struggles, shares in the sufferings that we go through in life. He feels those with us. He's not distant. He's not unconcerned. He's not removed and detached from us, but he feels the pain that we feel. He was called the man of sorrows. He's carried our pain and he carries your pain still. He bears the burdens that you're carrying, and he is the kind of king who comes into your situation, who comes right into your experience and walks that road right alongside you. Jesus is the king who's reigning over all, but he is also the king who walks beside us, who has suffered for us, and he suffers with us. He empathizes with us today. That's the kind of king Jesus is. So the fact that Jesus is king comes about because of his ascension. He has ascended from earth to heaven. He is now at the right hand of the Father, and he is reigning and ruling over all things. The ascension is the basis of Jesus becoming king over all. Now, there's a second way in which the doctrine of the ascension is important. Because of the ascension, Jesus is right now interceding for us. Let me read you a verse from Romans chapter 8. Romans 8:34. Who then is the one who God condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. 
That's what Jesus is doing right now. To intercede just means to plead somebody's case, to please plead somebody's cause on, on their behalf. And that's the role that Jesus has. You know, sometimes maybe we picture Jesus in heaven not doing a whole lot now, just kind of waiting and, and hanging out like kind of the hard work's done for him. And, and he's just now waiting to get the green light to come back to earth. But Jesus has this active role now. He is engaged in our lives and he is interceding for us. He's interceding for you. What that means is that Jesus right now is speaking to God the Father on your behalf. He is pleading your cause. He is pleading your case. He is your mediator. He is your high priest. He is your intercessor. And he right now is your champion in heaven who is speaking to God the Father for you. It's an incredible thought to think that Jesus right now is praying for you. That's what he's doing today. Jesus is praying for you. I mean, it's amazing whenever somebody prays for us. You've, you've probably had the experience of somebody saying to you, I'll pray for you. And that's an awesome thing to think that someone else would be praying for us. But sometimes you, you kind of wonder, are they really going to pray for me? Uh, are they going to forget? And, and to be honest, I've had times when, you know, I, I've said I'll pray for someone and I've forgotten to pray for them, or I haven't prayed for them as earnestly as I should, and I'm a pastor, you know, like this is my job, I'm supposed to do these things, but even I don't pray in the way that I'm supposed to pray sometimes. But it's an amazing thought that regardless of how you and I might pray for each other, right now in heaven, Jesus is praying for you. It, that's true even if you don't believe in Jesus. That's true even if you don't belong to Jesus. He is still praying for you. He's praying that your eyes would be opened to who he is. He's praying that you would come to see who he is and, and come to know him as a friend and as your king, as your Lord. It means that when, when you pray, if you do pray, Jesus takes those prayers and he carries them to the Father. He carries them and he makes sure those prayers come right into the throne room of God and are heard. And he takes our prayers, sometimes these stumbling, bumbling, rambling prayers, and he conforms them to the will of God so that we are praying in line with the will of God. And in those times when it's too hard for you to pray, and maybe that's you right now, it's just too difficult, you're struggling too much, you're in too much pain and there's just some days and sometimes we just can't pray. And in those times, you can know Jesus is still interceding for you. He's praying for you even when you can't pray yourself. You always have an advocate in heaven. You always have a mediator. You always have an intercessor. And it's all because of the ascension of Jesus. He's been raised to the Father's right hand and his primary role now is interceding and praying for you. That should give us some hope, some encouragement, some comfort in our lives, shouldn't it? So, the ascension means that Jesus is king, and the ascension means that Jesus is interceding for us right now. And then there's a third way that the doctrine of the ascension is important. The ascension means that we have ascended with Christ. Now, this is a bit of a tricky one to get your head around, but let me read you a verse from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Now that's something that has happened to you already if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian. This is written in the past tense. This is something God has already done. This is not about one day when you die going to heaven. This is something that has already happened for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, when you became a Christian, God raised you up, in a sense, with Jesus, 
and he seated you with Christ in the heavenly realms. Now, this is a strange thought because right now you're seated here on earth. You're seated in your living room. You're seated at home watching this. But in another sense, in a spiritual sense, positionally before God, where are we right now? We are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And that's because when you become a Christian, your identity gets placed into the identity of Jesus so that everything he has and everything that he's done becomes yours and you share in that. His death becomes your death. His resurrection becomes your resurrection. And his ascension becomes your ascension. Just as Christ ascended from earth to heaven, now, spiritually speaking, we have ascended from earth to heaven. And just as Christ is now seated at the right hand of the Father, we are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. And the wonderful thing is that our position there before God doesn't depend on, on our obedience, doesn't depend on how good or bad I am, doesn't depend on how many points I manage to clock up or how much of a virtuous life I live. It's not my obedience that got me there. It's Jesus' obedience. It's his faithfulness. Jesus is seated there. That's why I'm seated there. So he's taken me there, and it will be Jesus who keeps me there. So this idea of being seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, it reminds us that our place before God, our relationship with God is absolutely secure. We've got to remember that on our best days, when things are going really well, and we're a great person, and we're a great friend, a great husband or wife or son or daughter or employee, employer, and we just have a wonderful day and everything's just great, we've got to remember on those days, it's not about me. It's not about my performance. It's not about how good a person I am. There's no place here for self-righteousness. The only reason that I am seated in the heavenly realms is because of Jesus. I am seated there in Him. It's His righteousness that's brought me there. It's His righteousness that will keep me there. But we've also got to remember this on our worst days, don't we? When we're a terrible friend, a terrible son, daughter, brother, sister, husband, wife, flatmate, employee, employer, everything's going badly. You mess up, you stuff up, you screw up in every possible way, and you just get to the end and wish, you know, the day was over. Put it, put it beside, put it behind you, and get on with the next day. But even on those days, we've still got to remember, we are still seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We're still there. My position before the Father is still secure. Because I'm in Jesus and He is seated there, I am seated there. We need to be encouraged with that truth, especially those of you that are still on that treadmill of thinking that your relationship with God is somehow based on your spiritual performance, whether it's good or whether it's bad. If you're on that treadmill, it's time to get off. It's time to switch the treadmill off and trust fully in the finished work of Jesus Christ for you. You can trust that if you belong to Jesus, you right now are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This truth was beautifully put to, to, to words and music by the hymn writer Christopher Wordsworth, who says this, Thou hast raised our human nature on the clouds to God's right hand. There we sit in heavenly places, there with thee in glory stand. Jesus reigns adored by angels. Man with God is on the throne. Mighty Lord, in thine ascension, we by faith behold our own.
because Christ has ascended, we have ascended with him in glory and we're seated with him right now in the heavenly realms. So I pray that this doctrine of the ascension, this event of Jesus ascending from earth to heaven, would no longer be for you just some minor little footnote in your faith. I pray that you would be able to recover the importance of this truth and that it would be a vital and vibrant part of your life. I pray that through the ascension you would see Jesus reigning and ruling as king. That you'd be able to see him as the Lord of this world, the one who wears the true crown. And you'd be able to bring your life under his kingship and submit yourself to his rule, even in the midst of the craziness in our world right now. I pray that through the ascension, you'd come to appreciate all the more that Jesus right now is interceding for you, that he's praying for you, that he cares about you, and he's carrying your burdens to the throne room of God. I pray that would breathe some encouragement and some hope into your life today. And I pray that through this doctrine of the ascension, you'd appreciate all the more that if you belong to Jesus, you have shared in his ascension. And right now, your place with the Father is secure because you're seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. I pray that the truth of Christ's ascension would come alive in your heart and in your life. And I pray that you would encounter afresh Jesus as the crucified and risen and ascended Lord of all. Let's pray. Jesus, today we want to thank you and recognize your ascension. And just like those disciples, Jesus, we picture you riding on the clouds and coming into the very throne room of the Father, enthroned and received as the true King and Lord of all. We thank you, Jesus, that in spite of what we see in our lives sometimes, in spite of what we see in our world sometimes, that you are on the throne, that you are reigning, that you are ruling, and that you are interceding for us right now, taking up our cause with the Father. Lord Jesus, we pray that we would know you not in this distant and detached and formal kind of way, but that we would know you as the risen and ascended Lord and as our friend, because we know, Jesus, that's how you want to be known. That's how you desire us to connect with you as our friend, as our, our elder brother, in a sense. So draw us to yourself this morning, Jesus. We thank you you're alive. We thank you that you're here with us in every home of every person who's watching this right now. You are there, Jesus. You are present. You are powerful and you are working. So continue working in our lives, in our church and in our world. We thank you, Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Shaw Community Church. For more of our teaching resources, or to donate to our teaching resource ministry, or for more information on Shaw Community Church, visit www.shaw.org.nz. Alternatively, you can email office at shaw.org.nz or phone 09 415 0455. Thank you for listening.